Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. I was trying to think of a call sign real quick. I should have had that ready. I didn't. Here we go. There we go. What is your call sign? I don't have one. I was just thinking I, I should have had one ready. I should have had a call sign ready, but I don't. You should. What's yours? And we better, you know what? I think mine would be, because my, my, my brother-in-law and my wife teased me. We had this conversation a few days ago when he was over. We were talking, what would our call signs be? And he said, they call me Johnny Bravo a lot of times. Do you remember the old yeah, cartoon yeah. Johnny Bravo? Yeah. Well, in the military, I was Snoopy. <laughs> so maybe I would just be Snoopy. Snoopy. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That'd be good for a fighter pilot, right? Red Baron, yep. Snoopy and the Red Baron. That's right. That's cool. Right. That's perfect so, for a fighter So we'll go with Snoopy. Pilot. Snoopy. So he shortened mine. Mine would just be Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It works. But that's, right, too, but that's a military term. Oh, well, that's a military B for Bravo, right? So yeah. it kind of fits. Yeah. Um, it's, the, it's the alphabet, but you know. <laughs> well, today we've got a fun show. We're going to be talking. No guests. Still today. hearing that music come through. You might want to. Oh yeah, yeah. Better. We'll it. get. Uh, get YouTube will spank us. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Um, today we're going to be talking marketing lessons from uh, some marketing lessons taken from the biggest, probably the biggest movie, box office opening that Tom Cruise has ever had. <laughs> yeah, I was researching the numbers and as of today when we're recording this on Friday, June 10th, it was just crossed 600 million worldwide. Wow. So, yeah, it's and still climbing. Like the It's still climbing. There's a lot of people in my Facebook feed anyway um that are seeing this two and three times. Um my wife saw it twice. I saw it once, yeah. but then she went back with Sydney and saw it um, so yeah, we've yeah. seen it. Uh, we've seen it. Well, I've seen it twice. I went with my kids, my boys earlier this week, went with the wife and my oldest initially to see it, then went with both of my boys last earlier this week. And, uh, you know, we were, we were just walking out of the theater, like, you know what, this is a movie we could, you know, this, you could see three or four times and not really get tired of it. Cause it's just yeah. really good. It's well, which done. we, which we will over the rest of our lifetime, right? We'll come <laughs> on course. reruns and yeah, everywhere else. It'll be like independence day. It's just that movie you, you have to watch every time it comes on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. We're going to, we're going to pull yeah. some lessons. I've got four lessons that I pulled. I bet at least two, one or two of them overlap. So I'll be curious sure. to see what you came up with. Yep. Um, so we'll be talking about that on the show. And then we're also going to, touch on a book that you picked up we've talked i think we briefly mentioned it mm -hmm. a while back yeah probably been a year and a half though um the alter ego the alter by, ego effect the alter by, ego effect by todd herman yep great book uh the subtitle the power of secret identities to transform your life yes um so this is your very interesting this is basically how you turn from clark kent into superman <laughs> you know, those kind of kind of idea. So, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of great examples uh, that we could throw out, and we'll take some yeah. examples, and then how kind of give you ideas on how to apply that for your own marketing. You know, yep. We've got uh, people that we know personally that have their own superhero status, and there's some key ingredients that go into creating that alter ego effect. 
Uh, yeah. And we'll get into some of that on. Uh, now re- I'll even reveal mine. <laughs> How about that? Uh, I want to hear this. Yeah. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. But first, right. we've first. got uh, some beverages to um, to look to sample. Um, you know, Sean, I've got, you know, I mentioned this a few episodes back because we didn't have an episode last week. Um, the one prior to that, I had this, it's a Dragon's Milk Solera. Yeah. And it didn't get a, I don't think it got a fair rating. Because um, it was a little too warm. It was a little too warm. Yep. This bad boy's been sitting in, and I promise, I, I mentioned on the show that I'm, I feel like I need to give it a fair, because I love Dragon's Milk. I need to give it a fair taste test while it's nice and cold. Yep. And so this one's been sitting in the fridge. It is nice and icy cold. Uh, so we're going to give it a second shot on Persuasion by the Pint. All right. Sounds was, good. I, I think I gave it a 3.8. If I rem- if I remember correctly, three seven three eight something like that, and okay. uh, which is not which is kind of unusual for uh, for me. Well, this to is something. you know this show's kind of like whose line is it anyway? The points don't really matter. It's just <laughs> that's right, exactly. It's just there for comic relief. Yep. Um, so I'm having from nine oh three Brewers, um, another Texas brewer. You know, oh, nice. Co- what is that cookie? cookie? Inspired by white chocolate macadamia nut cookie so it's a cream ale mm-hmm. inspired by, by white chocolate macadamia nut cookie that's that's a mouthful to say right wow. there. and this is a cream ale so it's you can see it's uh and look at that look at that glass doing its thing pulling the wow look at that that's some some action going on there i know the right isn't that cool glass wow. really works this is the Very uh, nice. the bee hoppy mm-hmm. glass Featured a while back, but yeah, man, that's amazing. Just that little etching in the glass makes it do that. That is wild. So that's what, okay. So that's the design of the glass causes it to. Yeah. Causes it to to bubble up like that at the bottom. Wow. So it's the, the shape helps, but it's actually the, there's an etching on the bottom of the glass that actually Ah. makes that happen. Is it like a laser etching on the glass? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But Sam Adams, like the original Sam Adams glass, for their summer wheat, mm-hmm. it has the same thing in it. Like if you yeah. go to a restaurant that has that glass that they, that they show on the commercials, it'll do mm-hmm. the same thing. Okay. You just don't notice it as much because theirs is a little bit cloudier, but this is nice and clear so you can really see. No, that's good, Mark. I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's beautiful. I did not know that, that you could, yeah. uh, that's etching on the bottom would yeah. contribute to that. To- that's cool. I'm going to have to take a little video of that and throw that on the old Instagram, (laughs) the gram. Yeah. That's some stock footage right there, baby. All right. All right. So let's, uh, cheers. Cheers it up. Mm. Oh man. I forgot to say that mine is a 6.5% alcohol by volume. Oh, okay. Um, we brewed the cookie flavor into a cream ale. Flavors of rich macadamia nuts and sweet white chocolate accentuate a biscuit malt base, eliciting fresh baked cookie notes. This dessert-inspired cream ale starts sweet and finishes with smooth balance. Definitely starts nice. sweet. I will say that. Mm. Do you feel like yours is any different now that it's cold? It's going to, yeah, it's going to get a little, it's going to get a bump on the rating. 
All right, nice. Uh, it's not going to get a huge bump, but it's going to get a, a, a little bit of a bump. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'll go ahead and. This is pretty rich for an ale. I mean, I guess it is a cream ale. So, but it's, it's pretty rich. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's up there in the sweet, sweet category for sure. Yeah. Is that, and that, you said that's macadamia, right? Yeah. White chocolate macadamia nut cooking. Mm. So, you know, if you go to an open house with a model home, that's what they're always serving. Those white chocolate oh, yeah. macadamia nut cookies. Um, I'm going to give this a three, five. It's a little too sweet, mm-hmm. but it's, it's good. But whew, I, one of these is enough. Like yeah. you wouldn't want oh, I can several imagine. of these, yeah. especially when it's 105 degrees out here in Austin today. <laughs> I mean, I'm inside, so I don't know why I'm complaining. <laughs> it's fun to complain when it gets that hot. Uh, right. Yeah. So that's a, that's, I can imagine that's got a sweet taste to it. And, yeah. uh, you know, those, too sweet. those that are too sweet, you, you can't have, you can only have one of those. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a dessert beer. Yeah. Uh, on this one, I'm going to go, I'm going to give the final score for the Dragon's Milk Solera. I'm going to give it a four, three. So it gets a okay. nice little bump. It gets Very into nice. the four range. Um, it's good. Good cold. for sure. See, that's just another life lesson right there that the environment really does matter. It like does. The environment you put your stuff in, you know, yourself in really does yeah. matter. <clears throat> Somebody might be that. judging you as a three, seven when you're really a four, three, you just need <laughs> to be in the right environment. The right. It's all about timing. Life yeah. is a lot of, a lot of times life is about timing. Yeah. <laughs> That's some good wisdom right there. We can and end the second show. chances too. There's another lesson, right? Second, yeah, chances. second chances. Man, we're turning this into a personal development show. <laughs> you know, I see some of you, some of your posts on uh, on Facebook about on failure. So yeah. failure. Yeah, there's a failure. There was a no failure lesson. initially, but uh, the response was, "Let's try again." Right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's give it another shot. Well, and and reputation, right? Because. Yep. Dragon's Milk had a reputation that was good, so mm-hmm. you were able to give it another chance because it That's had a right. good reputation. That's right. Man, there's all kinds of lessons from beer. Who knew? <laughs> the more you drink, the more lessons life, there are. A lot of business lessons that we can pull from a bottle of beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, the more you drink, the more lessons come out. That's right. They may not be as good, the more <laughs> lessons come out. But All right, well, let's jump into the show. Um, yes. Hot Hot gun. gun. <laughs> Secrets of marketing and sales from Top Gun, Top Gun marketing secrets and sales, however you want to spin it. That's yeah. what we're talking about today. Awesome. Um, you know, so got the aviators, put them ready over the to, top of ready my, to rock. I'm going to have to put them over my reading glasses so I can still see. <laughs> Is that weird? So I'm going to throw out one because I don't really have, I, I mean, you got your two, two or three. I got uh, four. I got, you got four. Okay. Man, so I I'm going to I came prepared. You came prepared. I've, I'm winging it. Okay. Uh, but one that stood out to me multiple times from seeing the movie is how you, it, it's like framing from the get go. Yes. Um, because this movie was most, most people know this movie was actually filmed uh, and it was prepared to be released back in 2020 because they did all the I've, I've got the number. I, I mean, I did the research. I got the numbers here. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Original okay. release date, July 12th, 2019. Oh, tw- okay. All right. They pushed that back for some filming reasons and editing reasons. Right. Then it was scheduled for June 26, 2020. 
Okay. Something got in the way there. I can't remember what happened. Yeah, I don't remember what happened back Something then. Something happened. And then it finally came out. So yeah, it's it's been <laughs> sitting kind of on ready since July of 2019. So three years. Yeah. Three years. Three years. So there's a little bit of anticipation. It's like, when is this movie going to yes. come out? You know? Uh, so I know there's a lesson right there. Keep, you know, I think uh, anticipation keeps people just wondering, okay, when is this sequel coming out? But one thing that I noticed at the very beginning, and it struck me, um, it, it's incredible because you don't see this, but you know, Tom Cruise, do you notice Tom Cruise at the, at the very beginning, he comes on personally yep, and talks about the work that was put into it. Yes. Um, and the effort. And he also said something really important that you don't hear very often from Hollywood is that we hope you enjoy this movie because we did it for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's a, I mean, to me, that was just amazing because to me, you're just primed right there from the beginning to just like it just from that message yeah, alone. Yeah, it's classic that, like reciprocity, right? Somebody tells you thank you and we appreciate you thank and you. thanks for yeah. coming out. And mm -hmm. yeah, that was, that was my number one thing. Um, and literally when we were in the theater watching it, you could hear people like after that, that little pre-roll, you could hear people like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like you mm -hmm. could hear people mumbling about how cool that was. Yeah. And just kind of yeah. how different it was. So, because you don't get that from, first of all, you don't get that from Hollywood, right? Yeah. Most people look at Hollywood figures, you know, we go to be entertained, but we think most of these people on the, on the, uh, you know, they don't care anything they're care. I mean, they're doing it for obviously their own career, but you know, genuine, whether he meant it or not, it came yeah. across from his persona. It came across very genuine. Yes. And, uh, you know, just thinking the gratitude there. And then that last little bit, that last line where he says, cause we did it for you, you know, yeah. we put this together for you. And, and that, that makes you, that makes you wonder, I mean, what we've talked about on psychology and, you know, mm -hmm. framing and priming all the different things we've talked about on this show, Right. Makes you wonder how much of an effect that has had on ratings, like the sure. know, Rotten Tomatoes score and the Cinemas Plus, all the different scores that are getting, mm -hmm. you know, just through the roof ratings. Right. Um, and yeah, it's a great movie, uh, but I wonder how much that's that has subconsciously influenced people. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, it has to. This all the studies we've seen would say mm -hmm. it absolutely affects right the ratings. Yep. So, so yeah, that was definitely on mine. Like, um the pre-roll thank you message, just a way mm -hmm. to kind of pre-frame, yep. you know, and, and thank people in advance so that then they, you know, now they, they feel more obliged to give you good feedback on the film. Absolutely. So that was, that was brilliant. So that was definitely one, number one, um, anticipation. I had that down too. So I actually wrote down, use delays and setbacks to build anticipation. Mm, yeah. Cause then what they, what they've done over the last two or three years is there's been, Lots of articles, lots of interviews. I mean, Cruz and some of the other cast have gone around oh, the sure. world and and really, you know, did a lot of pre-work before the opening. Got lots of yeah. good press, lots of all that kind of stuff. So they they were able to use that. And and one of the things that I was reading that Tom Cruise kept saying in all his interviews was, you know, this needs to be seen on the big screen. This needs mm. to be seen on the big screen. Yeah, right. You know, and he... He even put it in his contract, you know, this will not be streamed for release. <laughs> right. Like it has to be, you know, I think they got like a 10 or 12 week exclusive or something like that for, yeah. for in the theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like theaters committed to, I think it was, might have even been 120 days. I can't remember exactly what it was, which is a long run for the theater. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, they use that extra time to create the scarcity and urgency that when it does come out, you got to see it on the big screen. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, you want to see it before it goes to streaming, before it goes to, you know, yeah. paid movie channels and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely the anticipation there of, of that build up and taking advantage of the build up. Sure. Yeah. Well, I even remember even, I don't know if you watched any of the NFL, the, like the playoff games, mm-hmm. you know, uh, back I mean, that was back in what, December. And they were doing yep. like he was. I don't know if you remember the AFC Championship game, where Tom Cruise is doing the, you know, like he's the pregame, the, the pregame where you know it was the, the Bengals versus the Chiefs, right? Yeah, it was like and the so, pregame hype trailer. Yeah, and it was like using the Top Gun. I mean, yeah. obviously it was promoting Top Gun, yeah. but it was really cool the way they did that, you know, because yeah. they, you had the background music and everything going uh and introducing both of these teams so i mean good marketing i mean obviously building that anticipation so well they did a really good job of telling and this is another point that i had which was talk about values and how you're different and so their talking points when they were pushing the movie was we didn't use any cgi or very very Mm -hmm. little right you know, which is a direct kind of punch at Marvel and all the CGI <laughs> they're using and, and really everybody else yeah, these days. Right. Right. You know, probably Jurassic too, because they knew that was coming out, you know, Jurassic sure. comes out today. Right. Um, so, you know, it was real planes. We had six cameras in the cockpit. We went through, you know, three months of training with the actors on how to, how to be in a plane like this and fly. And yep. like, they just, they laid out all this stuff of what made the movie so unique and what was going to make it special. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you were kind of looking and anticipating and excited about, oh, here's like an old fashioned, you know, a movie done the the old fashioned way, kind of. Right. You know, so it wasn't like all these fancy dancy computers and CGI yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, right. and knowing the target market was guys like us, Gen X, you know, people mm-hmm. who saw it, the original in the 80s, like, which is point number three of four, um, which was nostalgia. Yeah, you know, big you play it on playing on the nostalgia <laughs> of a obviously a huge hit, but I thought they did a really good job of mixing in the old music, you know, keeping yes. the original soundtrack, um, like the original Top Gun theme song that yep. that they literally opened the movie with. Mm-hmm. So you were right back there in nineteen eighty, oh, whatever that was, yep. six seven. Tweaked um, it a little bit, but for yeah. the most part, it's like the same. Uh, you know, it's the same song, but they, you know, I, you can tell that they've tweaked it a little bit, uh, but it's great. And then obviously that, you know, when the first, uh, uh, you know, they kind of lead into the, uh, Kenny Loggins, uh, you know, mm-hmm. danger zone, yeah. which is, uh, just like that fires you up right there. I mean, that, yeah. that's like another priming effect where exactly. not only are you using priming, but you're also, you know, using yeah, nostalgia that, and priming that first in the five time. to 10 minutes, like. <laughs> They made sure you were back in 1986 <laughs> or seven right. or whenever that was. Like exactly, you were there. Like that yep. was, and I think that was just. And if you, you know, if you haven't seen the movie before, you know, you immediately got the same feel that people who saw it back then had. So well, it just it kind of brought everybody together. Similar opening sequence to the original, yeah. where they're on, you know, they're on the flight, they're on the uh, the aircraft carrier, you know, all the you know, activity that's going on in the aircraft carrier, the planes coming and going. So, 
similar similar opening to the original so yeah. they kind of take you back and put you in that nostalgic feel and then uh and then they give you that they prime you with that music man it's just awesome yeah and then you you know within the first what 15 minutes and there's no spoilers here i mean there's really there's not really yeah. a spoiler for this kind of movie right um but you know with i'd say in the first 15 minutes he's on his motorcycle you know mm -hmm. um racing the jet down the, the runway like yep. a lot of those key scenes were duplicated and freshened up for this movie. So just right. really taking advantage of the nostalgia. I mean, I thought they did a really good job. They knew this was going to be a very nostalgic piece that, you know, Gen X was going to be coming out in droves, but bringing mm -hmm. their older kids, teenage kids to see it as well. So there was enough flashbacks. Yeah. So that you could keep up with what happened in the previous movie. Right. But not Absolutely. so that, you know, that it was boring or, you know, it was too much. Mm -hmm. And there was even some stuff. Like I was trying to figure out, you know, Tamara and I, as we were watching, we were like, we were trying to figure out who is, who's Penny? Like that sounds familiar, <laughs> but I don't. Right. And we actually had to look it up when we left the theater. We're like, oh yeah, that, that Admiral's one. daughter, right? Yeah. I mean, that no. one scene, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, forgot. I'd forgotten about that, but cause we're like, cause well, it's just Penny's briefly mentioned in the first one, you know, so you kind yeah, of gloss over sentence. it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, cause the house that she was in looked very much like the house from, uh, that Charlie was in, in the original. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that, that kind of, that was the only part that was confusing to me, but it kept me, yeah. kept me tuned in. So, yeah. so yeah, those were the big four things I saw, like the pre-roll thank you message as a way mm -hmm. to kind of prime and appreciate and, um, the audience, um, talking about, you know, going on tour before and really talking about how you're different, you know, what's, mm -hmm. what's your USP putting it in our, in our marketing language. You know, we're not using CGI. These are real planes, you know, mm -hmm. really, we're really pulling the G's and all this stuff. Um, the nostalgia between mm -hmm. the music, the flashback and the storylines, and then taking advantage of the roadblocks and setbacks to yeah. build anticipation. So right. those are, those are the big things I saw. Yeah. I think you might be able to add one more thing into, and I think that's the, you know, the, uh, the all American kind of hero, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's bringing that back where yep. you look at a lot of today's movies and there's, it's kind of the anti-hero or the, um, the guy that's really, um, you know, sometimes he's, he's not the greatest hero in the world, yeah. but I think there's a little bit of throwback and nostalgia to a guy that, <clears throat> you know, really is, you know, the guy that we grew up kind of, you know, admiring and a lot of the, yeah. the big screens that, um, you know, wasn't well, perfect by any means. I mean, the guy's not perfect by any means, but. Hey, so has just, the flawed character, which, which everybody, you know, you got to have in a, you got to have character. a flawed. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and, he, and Maverick definitely has those. Right. But he, but he, you know, he has them for principled reasons and mm -hmm. yeah. things like that, um, yeah. that we all, all appreciate. But I think, I think, you know, I guess what I'm trying to think about is a guy that he knows, you know, I think there's a line in the movie where, um, the, uh, the current, this, that Colonel at the very beginning says, you know, you're a dying breed, you know, yeah. you know, you, we look at it with, you know, we're surrounded by all this new technology with, uh, drones and everything like, and he's like, you know, you, you're, you're on the way out, you know, you're a dying breed. You're going to be, a, you're going to be a relic here pretty soon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, 
you know, the attitude of like, not today, you know, yeah. it's, it's maybe so, fighting, not, yeah, maybe fighting so, back against the, uh, <laughs> the technocrats, which is exactly, today. you know, where the target audience, Oh yeah. Gen Xers. That's where we're at right now. Right. You know? <laughs> fighting like, the technocrats, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, fighting the TikTokocrats. <laughs> so yeah. Um, the other thing I, I did write down was, I found it very like politically neutral too, which was refreshing. Very, yeah, yep. Like there, it didn't seem to have any, you know, no agenda, right? Green agenda or right. you know, political agenda. Just it just mm-hmm. just just a good story, right? Um, obviously there's a bad guy, but you know that mm-hmm. you kind of got to have that in a military thing movie. Sure. But but it didn't get out of hand with, you know, uh, who could imagine a movie without a political. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Without a poli- a political message, you know that they're not trying to shove down your throat. So yeah, because that was one of the the um, things that people were complaining about with the last Marvel movie with yeah. Doctor Strange. It yep. had a little bit of mm-hmm. wokeness going on with it. So right, right, and it turned a lot of people off. So absolutely. And uh, although it still did really well, but it looks like Top Gun will will pass it, blow it out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I was actually surprised at how well um, Universe of whatever had done Dr. Mm-hmm. Strange movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's actually at 900 million right now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I did a lot better, but it, nobody's talking about it though. No, it's, I'm, it's quietly people are seeing it cause there's nothing else mm-hmm. out after right. Right. like top gun last week had 75% of the box office receipts. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine. I mean, that's just, that's unheard. We'll probably continue on, you know, even with the release, you said Jurassic parks coming out today, coming out today. Right. So yeah. I, It'll be interesting. There's a lot of people have said that's the early reviews are it's awful. So yes, yeah, <laughs> it looks awful. So <laughs> that it's just too much of the same thing, you know. Yeah, which is ironic, right? Because we're talking about Top Gun, which is a sequel that is very similar to the first <clears> one, <throat> and everybody <throat> loves it. But the early reviews on Jurassic, I can't remember what what they're actually calling this one, but mm-hmm. is that it's too much the same, right? Of the previous ones. Of course, right. there's been like six of those, not just mm-hmm. two. So, and maybe it's difference. you know who knows. Maybe it's because there's a distance between the original, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, quite a know. bit. But I don't know. You know, I, I love to get feedback from my. You know, I've got two teen. You know, two teenagers, and yeah. obviously you've got, you know, a couple of kids in their twenties. Yep. Um, so it's always interesting to get feedback from the younger generation. You know, they yeah. see a movie like this. So, yeah, what know, did your kids, about, cause your kids are 16, 17, 16, 16. and 18. Yeah. yeah. So they loved it, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, the youngest had only seen part of the original Top Gun and still love this movie. Yeah. Because like you said, you don't need to see the original cause there's enough, um, you know, there's enough in the movie where it's, you know, taking people back, you know, to what, you know, what happened in the, in, you know, in the original movie. So, right. um, but no, they loved it. And I think one of the things they loved is they get tired of eating. It's funny because this younger generation, um, these kids, you know, these kids, uh, you know, I think they get tired of the political stuff in movies, you know, yeah. and they're, you know, it was refreshing from their standpoint to see a movie that was kind of just, you know, it was not, it didn't have an just agenda. entertainment. It was just entertainment alone. And yeah. it was just a good, a good movie, fun to watch. What a concept. And, the youngest, you know, my youngest talked about the lack of CGI, which he, mm-hmm. you know, he hates and it's pretty, you know, you can tell 
you know, CGI from non-CGI. And the, yeah. the technology that they implemented in this movie with all the cameras, yeah. interesting story too, from a standpoint that Tom Cruise said, you know, he, he wasn't going to do a sequel to this movie until they had the technology in place to be able to do it. Um, yeah. You know, so that took some time, you know, that that's another thing that took time to, yeah, there, now uh, there's rumors of Top Gun 3 coming out already. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's got two more Mission Impossibles coming out. So I know. Knows? I know. He does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is really uh, upped his career, and he's he's only 59 years old, Sean. So I know. Uh, I think he's got a few years ahead of him. <laughs> well, he takes care of himself. Absolutely. So, but... uh yeah. So, I mean, we, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious why you told me before the show that the, the beach scene was actually your favorite scene, but you didn't bring that up on the show here. So. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The beach. I, well, the beach scene from the original is, is a lot of fun and there's yeah. a lot of things that go into that. Now the beach scene from this one's a little bit different because I thought yeah. they were going to do, even before I saw the movie, I thought they were going to do a similar volleyball, but it's a little yeah. bit different on this one. Yeah, but it was um, but it was cool how they took again, it's almost the same <clears throat> scene. Yep. You know, and they made it fresh and new. Yep. You know, just they just it was just really well done how you can take something and and it was so similar yet so different and fresh. Yep. That's a that's not easy to pull off. Absolutely. So. And the album's fantastic too. Um, oh yeah, I saw I saw Lady today yeah. that um it is also, the the album has broken all kinds of records. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no song in that album that because I you know I just download it and every song in there is really good. So it's yeah. good. So I was looking for the but the uh, Lady I, Gaga uh, song is really good. I not a huge Lady Gaga fan, but that was that was really good. Yeah, so it's it's like just crushing it on Spotify. I don't know the actual numbers, but it's it's definitely mm -hmm. breaking some records as well. So, yeah, I remember listening to that original soundtrack on cassette in my 1984 <laughs> Escort GT, and I would drive when I used to. Um, I lived in Athens, but I still went to school in in Madison County, which was the next county north, to finish yeah. out my senior year. Right, so it was like a 25 minute drive, and that was usually my soundtrack as i was driving because I, yeah. I just pretend like i was driving a fighter jet in my like 80 horsepower yeah score gt yep so uh but yeah it's crazy all right well let's move on to the alter ego effect yes the power of secret identities to transform your life so i really you know i think you had brought this book to my attention yeah a year or so ago yeah it's been a while and I originally just downloaded it when you mentioned it, I downloaded it on Audible uh, and started listening to it. It was just fascinated by some of the examples that he gives. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of my all-time favorite um, football players, Bo Jackson, he yeah. mentions him in the book and just, you know, how he uh, would go about in his career as a player, you know, putting on this persona all right, yep. on the football field. And I found that fascinating. I was like, I didn't even know that, you know, didn't, I've never heard that. I've listened to, you know, interviews and biographies of Bo Jackson, and I've never heard him talk about, you yeah. know, having an alter ego effect on the football field where he embodied, you know, just this gladiator on the field. 
And, uh, I, you know, I was, I thought, man, what was really his, do you remember what his was? Was it like a train or was it, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Something to that effect that just could not be stopped. And yeah. If you've ever watched, you know, uh, scenes of Bo Jackson or even guys like Herschel Walker, you know, those almost in the same, you know, era back in the eighties, yeah. uh, those guys. And I think Bo Jackson probably would have been, uh, had it not been for injuries could have probably gone on and been a, been a, you know, phenomenal, uh, NFL player, but yep. you know, he, he tried to do everything. He was, you know, Bo knows he played baseball for the Royals and, uh, you know, he did everything and, uh, you know, probably wore himself out a little bit, uh, on the field. Yeah. I was looking, let's see. Um, yeah, Bo, so, so Todd, the author of this book, he ran into him in like a green room at a, at an event. Yeah. They were both speaking in a, Bo Jackson said, Bo Jackson never played a down on football in his entire life. <laughs> um, and he, then he went on to say, what did he say? I was Jason. Is that who it was? Like from Friday the 13th? Yeah. Yeah. He was like the, um, yeah, he yeah said, the hockey mask guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason. Jason. So not a train. I was way off. <laughs> So Jason from Friday the 13th, because he was unstoppable. Like no matter what he did, he just kept going, kept going, kept going throughout the movies. So Mm -hmm. that was the identity that um, Bo Jackson took on the field with him was was Mm -hmm. Jason from Friday the 13th. No, not Fred. Is it Freddy? Jason. No, it's Jason. Okay. Yeah, Jason. Freddy is from Nightmare. Yeah, Nightmare. I don't know my horror movies, man. I never got into Gen X movies. (laughs) So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, basically an unstoppable force. Right. You know, that's that's that was his persona, and that was pretty much Jason and all those. I think those Friday the Thirteenth. No matter how yeah. much they tried to kill him, he just kept coming back. So. Yeah, Chucky, the whole crew. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's a great. Uh, you know, he talks about this like in every. You know, everybody. You know how they put on their their own persona. So there's a there's a separate persona. Or, or an alter alter ego uh, to someone's career, and we think about we see this all the time, but rarely do we embody this in our business where we uh, really, you know, kind of emulate. You know, we picture who we want to come across as. We just kind of go about and just get into it, but rarely do we think about you know who do we want to emulate. You know, yeah. that signifies whatever characteristic that we want to. Uh, you know, show or present in our business. And he gives a lot of examples in this movie or, or in this movie, in this book um, as to wait, you know, how to do that. And I, there's a few chapters that stand out to me. One is on the uh, creating that origin. You know, we've talked about it yeah. on past podcast episodes, having a, a, a you know, your, your uh, hero origin story. Yep. And I think everybody should kind of look at that. I think a great way, you know, he mentions talking about, you know, reading autobiographies, like biographies or autobiographies about people throughout history. Um, you know, you can get a lot of great examples just from reading other people's stories and, and how they go about it. You know, um, you know, I've got a lot of biographies on my bookshelf that I take from. I pulled some out here, Sean, just to give you an example. Um, are these some of your favorites? These are some of my favorites. Okay. So I pulled some of my favorites off of the bookshelf behind me. One is uh, Me, Inc. 
by Gene Simmons. Okay. Right. Yep. And uh, I don't know if, if anybody that knows Gene Simmons. Or you talk um, about a persona. <laughs> Man, kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. And uh, so this is a, a great book. I know we're talking about alter, alter ego, so I don't want to go off on too many rabbit trails, but I want to just give you an examples of like people who like fall into whatever, you know, whatever category that you want to, whatever kind of you're trying to emulate, mm -hmm. you know, in your business. But uh, one of my favorite books, Gene Simmons, it says, build an army of one, unleash, unleash your inner uh, rock God win uh, in life and business. So yeah. Great book, um, easy read, but I've yeah. always admired him. Um, not just cause I was never, I, I was never a big kiss fan, but I've always admired him from a business standpoint cause he's into a lot of stuff and, yeah. um, he's a great marketer by the way. I mean, he's oh. just a brilliant marketer. Yeah. When you, when you see that, that kiss was just a marketing tool and <laughs> yeah. how much, and he talks in that book about, and that book's pretty old now. I mean, it's, it's it is for a while. Yeah, it is. Um, he talks about how much the kiss, you know, the four of them, that image with the four different faces, like how much that's worth just that image. Oh, easily. And, it's, and yeah. it's, it's like, it's a, it's an income stream for him to this day, mm -hmm. you know, the rights to that, you know, if, if people want to put it on t-shirts or wherever else, but you know, it's just, and it's interesting that, that you would pick that one first because that'll line up later with, sort of line up with my alter mm -hmm. ego that I've, that I've picked. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> there's a little teaser again, but so what else you got over there? You got Gene Simmons. Um, another one I love was, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what real, is it about most, Alfred that you like? Most people don't know. He's a very good, uh, showman in terms of marketing. Um, if you read the stories, most people, you know, he's got, uh, you know, every character that you read has, has flaws. One of his that set him apart was he knew how to, uh, he was kind of like, you know, we talked about Tom Cruise setting the stage for Top Gun. He knew how to set the stage for every movie that he did. Yeah. He was great at marketing. And this book gets into some of the details of just how he would go about, um, really framing or creating that framing effect beforehand. And a lot of it was just, um, you know, how he would, uh, organize, you know, events or, you know, get media, uh, attraction to a lot of his, um, a lot of the movies that were coming out at the time, yeah. but he was just a, a very good showman, you know, during his time. So there's Can you a lot imagine of what, life. what Alfred Hitchcock could do with like social media shorts <laughs> and things these days? Oh yeah. It, TikToks it and like, I mean, it would just be next level. Like, yep. I, I just think you would, I, I was actually thinking the other day, like where would the world be if Steve jobs was still alive today? Oh, wow. You know, yeah. there's another classic, yeah. you know, personality mm -hmm. from, from our time. Yeah. And that's a, that's another biography that you could pull from because yeah. it's fascinating. You know, all of these people that we talk about have major flaws, yeah. major flaws. Uh, but that the, the cool thing is you can pull from a lot of the things that they did really well. Um, yeah. in so what lives. are some of the other ones you got there? I'm curious. Houdini. Of course. Love yes. this book. <laughs> Another one. I, I'm fascinating with this, uh, the life and times of the world. I've actually got a couple of books on Houdini. Uh, this one is the life and times of the world's greatest magician. Magician. I also have one 
uh, called uh, the subtitle is America's First Superhero, which is even better because it's a more in-depth uh, study of Houdini. This one yeah. kind of gives an overview of some of his, you know, some of the uh, the magic and some of the things that he did. And it's more colorful and it gives a lot of uh, examples of some of the ads that were out at his time, you know, death. Yeah. <laughs> but another good showman, right? Absolutely. Another good, extremely, extremely good marketer. I mean, just when I talk about showman, um, our friend David Dutton, you know, his yes. favorite is PT mm -hmm. Barnum. Yep. Yep. He loves anything about PT Barnum. That's probably, mm -hmm. In fact, I would say if, if David was having this conversation, P.T. Barnum would be his, his alter ego. I know sure. for a fact. And <laughs> in fact, I was talking to him this week and, you know, he won't mind me saying this, but he found someone, uh, he's always looked for an original copy of uh, P.T. Barnum's uh, book, Dollars and Cents, a book back from the 18, late 1800s. You probably yeah. know this book. Um, and he had a, uh, a collector guy reach out to him this week found a copy for him, you know, nice. 500 bucks, original copy back from wow. the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the condition is, is nice. So, nice. uh, so, you know, yeah, definitely going to jump on that. Yeah. Um, all right. What else? Um, yeah. So another, a few others, you know, that fall into, you know, people that, and, and you want to find people that obviously you want to emulate characteristics of them in your own alter yep. ego. Um, uh, a few of mine that I've always admired, uh, I I've always been an admirer of Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Not a big fan of, of some of his politics. And that's the thing you have to separate, you know, obviously there's some aspects that you have to separate the persona from the, uh, maybe the politics and, and well, I mean, uh, you have to, you know, the, the, what he talks about in this book is you, you get to pick and choose. Like you don't have to take absolutely. everything about yeah. a person. In fact, right. I, one of the pages I'm looking at, it's, it's page 151 because we got the same copy of the book here. Mm -hmm. um, he talks about, you know, you can, if you've decided to combine two or more sources of inspiration, you can combine their names to come up with a new name. Absolutely. Like, um, which would be like Black Wonder, a combination of Black Panther and Wonder Woman. Buddha Man, mm -hmm. a combination yeah. of Buddha and Superman, <laughs> which is a really yep. interesting combination. Napoleon Patton. You know, so Napoleon Bonaparte and General Patton. Yep, that's right. So speaking of which, one of my books here, Patton, <laughs> A Genius for War. There you go. I love it because, I mean, and that plays into obviously, you know, some things that I want to emulate, but don't mean to. Yeah, and, and, and these don't have to be people. Like another example here so. is um, Grandma Bear. So you're Grandma, so it's nobody necessarily famous and mm -hmm. a bear. Like maybe yeah. there's something you like about the way a bear handles itself and the way your grandma showed up. Right. So it's grandma bears, your becomes your alter ego. And then the last one on this little list is Sonic Bond. So Sonic mm -hmm. the Hedgehog, mm -hmm. also a movie coming out. Yep. Um, and James Bond. Like that's a crazy combination. But that is crazy. But that may be just the thing that you need to click so that you take on you know, at any given moment, the, the characteristics of those people. So I'm curious yeah. if you were to, if you were to put together some of these things, mm -hmm. like who would you combine and what parts would you combine and, and who would be, or what, or maybe you've already figured out your alter ego, like who would that be? Uh, there's aspects of all of these people that I really love. Uh, I mentioned Teddy Roosevelt. One of the things yep. I love about him was he was an adventurer. He was a man that was, um, uh, 
you know, given to taking up challenges, right? Overcoming yep. challenges. Uh, people don't, that don't know about his history, he had uh, severe health problems as a kid. I mean, the kid yep. was, um, he was uh, really had some health challenges early on growing up. And one of the ways that he overcame those by simply was uh, committing himself to exercise. Uh, actually, he committed himself to exercise regimens and uh, he became a really active person you know, spending time outside, going on hikes, going on, you know, hunts. And I mean, he was just an active individual and, you know, and he, voracious reader too. I'm uh, really amazed by the amount of stuff that he could read. Um, was, uh, I guess you call, do you call it ambidextrous where you can write with, um, both, both hands? hands? Yep. Yeah. Dude would write, he could write with both hands and at the same time. You know, as, that's just insane. <laughs> it's like, I think uh, Teddy, so, I think Teddy Roosevelt was the one who it was Roosevelt. And I think, um, Kennedy reemphasized it later, mm -hmm. um, that you should be able to walk for 50 miles with a, with a load on your back. Yes. Which is what the, the star course that I did with go mm -hmm. rock a couple mm -hmm. of years ago is based on it's yeah. that it's that 50 miles in 24 hours. Sure. Um, I, I think that came originally came from Roosevelt. It yep. was like a standard for manhood. It's mm -hmm. like you ought to be able to walk 50 miles in a day. Right. With a, with a load on your back. Right. Yeah. Which is, Oh, that's, that's, that's no joke. That's, that's no joke. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. one of my all time favorite stories of Teddy Roosevelt is, as he was given a speech, someone shot him in the chest. <laughs> he literally got shot in the chest and yeah. he would not stop. Uh, speaking, he, they tried to get him to the, um, you know, to the ambulance and rush him off to the yeah. hospital, but he refused to go until he had finished his, uh, speech. And that's uh, awesome. And, <laughs> and so, I mean, ultimately, you, you know, that's, that's a man's, you know, obviously that's a man, a man's man today. Uh, you and the rate, see that. man, TV ratings would have been awesome <laughs> for that. But, you know, thankfully, you know, and here's the thing he had, um, because of his ex exercise regimen, you know, he worked out a lot, built his body up. His, uh, they say, because he had worked out so much, his chest, you know, the bullet lodged in his chest and uh, didn't make it too far back because of, you know, he built a lot of muscle up wow. and, um, and so uh, did not hit any that's, vital organs. And that's so. <laughs> some serious muscle when you can stop a bullet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's amazing. And so yeah. uh, that's one of my favorite. Uh, favorite stories of, of Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, of course, I guess the know, bullets were a little weaker back then than they are today. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he could have survived a, a, a high caliber. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, cool. So do you, ha have you figured out like an alter ego as you're reading this? Yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to put some things together, obviously, yeah. uh, you it, know, cause it's got, a process. Like you, you really have really to kind of think through it yep. and be like, you know, some people, it just comes to them real quick. Other people, it, like it took me a while and it was yeah. after I put the book down that I was talking to somebody else about theirs mm -hmm. and then a couple ideas popped in for me. Mm -hmm. So where are you at right now in that process? Well, I've showed you, I think I've sent you some acronym, like, um, uh, some, some clips of an acronym I'm working on for mm -hmm. the sales platform, you know, yep. building up, a um, kind of that, um, sales warrior title. Yep. And so I think a lot of what I'm trying to do is take in a lot of my own experience. You know, you and I both have background in the military. 
Um, one of the things that I've loved that I've used in a lot of just my own sales and marketing recently, and I've, I've shared some of this on sales letters that I, that have done really well, they've been really receptive is, you, you know, using my background, not only in the military, but just as a, you know, uh, in, in reconnaissance, right. Understanding, yep. uh, what to look out for, you know, understanding, you know, looking out for the dangers out there, you know? Yep. And so I've kind of used that in a non-cheesy way yep. in a lot of my sales and marketing in, in the sales letters that I send out to my customers mm -hmm. and say, you know, use it nonchalantly. When I was in the military, I was in reconnaissance. And one of the things that I would do is, is, is really look out for all of the dangers and pitfalls that might, uh, you know, be a problem for the main body. You know, yeah. so my job was to protect the main body beforehand and look out for any, you know, any problems along the way before they came through. And so that's what I want to do for you. I want to look out for, I want to yeah, that's kind so of good. Be your own reconnaissance, you know, and making sure that um, you don't have unforeseen problems uh, that arise from disruption, supply chain problems, and all these things. So I try to tie that, you know, that background into that. So, and it's worked well, you know, I, in a lot of ways, I'm not trying to get some, um, you know, this thank you for your service respect or all of this no. stuff, you know, that's, that's great and everything, but that's not what I'm out for. I'm out to tie in a story of what I used to do and how that relates to what I do now and people yeah, and, and how you can it. help people now. That's right. Right. Yeah. Not what you did for them in the past, but like right. how you can help them right now today because of Absolutely. the skills you developed yep. back then. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, and in that process, uh, that's one that's one area. And then, like we were talking about, I'm trying to develop on the bigger stage on the platform of a you know the Sales Warrior platform of just looking. Uh, and I've sent you an acronym, a warrior, you know, for all of those that I'm trying to encompass. Yeah. And then I'm trying to put that together with um, you know some examples of guys today that I admire. Um, uh, and then some of the past examples, like, you know, Teddy Roosevelt and, uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, Patton and then some, some other guys, you know, I meet, I read a lot of different stuff. I'm trying to remember the guy that wrote, he's, uh, Jacques, um, Jocko, um, the guy, the that, yeah, that's a guy. Stream ownership. Yep. Yep. I, I read some of his stuff and I like that. So I'm trying to like take in a lot of the different things and, I want, to be, I want it to be from my voice, but take in a lot of the lessons that they share and yep. the things that I like about them and, and incorporate that. So I'm not there yet, you know, well, on that platform, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's a it, process, like you said. If you were to really go back and I think if you were to spend some time really unpacking the however long your, your training was post-basic for mm -hmm. recon specialty, mm -hmm. that MOS, like, yep. If you were to really, and maybe even look up like the current, you know, MOS training guide for recon, like yeah. there's probably some stuff in there you've forgotten. Oh yeah. As soon as you saw it, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That, <laughs> And you'd immediately see an analogy like that. I think that could be really. Oh, absolutely. Really good to, yeah. to go even deeper on that. Mm -hmm. Cause it is really cool skill. I mean, when I was in the military, we, we like you know, we were in the old guard, we buried people and did funerals yeah. and that right. doesn't translate super well to, to yeah. Yeah. It's not quite. Yeah, I as, mean, still it's, it's, you know, it's, it's attention to detail was the, yeah, was the big thing. Yeah, right. And I've used that 
before and getting clients, um, the attention detail, cause of the, you know, the, the spit and polish and the brass and all that stuff that yeah. we did was, and the movements and everything was yeah, you know, crazy. I mean, we trained for eight hours to sure, you know, get the 21 gun salute right? eight hours a day yeah. for weeks on end to get the, the nice crisp pop, pop, pop <laughs> instead of what you see on the movies and where it's like, so, uh, better stop <laughs> making me think of uh, a few good men every time. I know that's not, that's, yeah, that's, that's a little bit different, but cause that was the Marine. Right. So, but, yeah. uh, but the yeah, opening scene of a few good men is just, there's awful. so many opening scenes in, in like military thrillers, yeah. you know, Cl Tom Clancy type movies or whatever yeah. that yep. start at a funeral in, in DC. Okay. Yep. Uh, Gardens of Stone was actually filmed with, or with people from the old guard. Like it was actually. Mm -hmm members of the old guard that starred in gardens of stone, which is an old, old sure. movie, but right. um, it's pretty good. All right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you some of my, kind yeah, of I want to hear yours. This is, this will be good. Um, so some of the heroes that I came up with um, just in general, CS Lewis ah, is one of mine, love, just cause I love the way he Lewis. thinks yeah. and you yep. know, both the very critical and like mm -hmm. thinker teacher, Mm. Um, but then also the creative side with the, you know, the whole Chronicles of Narnia and all that mm. kind of stuff. Um, so C.S. Lewis is definitely one of my top heroes. Mm -hmm. Um, Da Vinci, Leonardo Da Vinci, uh, same reason, very creative, yep. did a lot of different things, you know, painter, sculptor, inventor, writer, mm. like just the whole gamut. Sure. Um, kind of an entrepreneur too, cause he he got funded to do all these things, which was right. you know, kind of yeah. cool that he figured out a way to get people to pay him to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, here's one that most people don't know about RG Letourneau, RG Letourneau. Oh, you know that's him? That's a good one. Yes. Really? I've read that. Yeah. I, I've read that biography. Yeah. Have that's, you? That's, that's yeah. rare. I very <laughs> rarely find somebody that's actually read it. Oh, I yeah. know. Cause it's movers, it, it, movers of a college men. based on, on him. Yeah. Letourneau, uh, is it Letourneau college or Letourneau university here in Letourneau, Longview, yeah. Texas? Yeah. Which is, um, yeah, but that is an amazing autobiography. Oh, I've had that book for years. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, and he's, that guy was amazing. I, you, you mentioning you that makes me want to go back and find that to reread that. Yeah. I mean, he's, for those that don't know, like he invented most of the large earth moving equipment that is used by Caterpillar and mm -hmm. Letourneau is still a, a name in the earth moving equipment. Most people oh, yeah. know Caterpillar, but if you go beyond Caterpillar and even bigger, then you get mm -hmm. into Letourneau type equipment. Yeah. And he invented most of that equipment because he was alive in the early 1900s and he started moving earth with a mule and a plow. <laughs> and then he said, this is too slow. Because literally what yeah. he would do is he would put himself in a bind. Yeah. He would quote a project mm -hmm. to move earth and he would underbid everybody. Mm -hmm. And then he would have to figure out how he's going to do it. So he yeah. would have to invent a piece of machinery <laughs> that allowed him to actually fulfill the order. Sure. Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. So that kind of, ingenuity and just a lot of his principles and other things, um, sure. are amazing too. Yeah. But then if we move into like the fictional realm, mm -hmm. which I didn't hear any of your fictional characters, but <clears throat> this is the one that came to me late after reading the book when I was trying to figure out like, who's my thing. And, uh, the one that came up for me is dread pirate Roberts or Wesley from mm. the princess bride. Oh, okay. Because he's crafty, 
Mm-hmm. He was a little bit secretive and mysterious. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he played the long game. Like, sure. There's a lot of things about him. He was witty. Yeah. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff was, that's the one that I really came up with. So I would probably combine him with, you know, some of these other three, but if I yeah. could only pick one character or one yep. person, it would be the dread pirate. It's actually Wesley from the princess bride. Right. Cause, cause dread pirate Roberts was his alter ego. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously that got passed on. Sure. Except, which I always thought was really cool too. Yeah. You know, it's like Sia from, you know, music today or, mm-hmm. you know, some of these DJs like Marshmello, like they can, you know, the blue man group, they can hang that up anytime they want. Cause they just pass it on. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of cool. So, yeah. The brand just passes from one, yeah. one generation to the next. And I've had ideas for brands like that, that I, <clears throat> I've never really mm-hmm. run with, but um, right. yeah, that, that would be mine is Wesley from the princess bride. Oh, cool. So, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, from a fictional standpoint, I'd have to think about that because there's, uh, I love, you know, I love characters that are um, strategic and have a lot of ingenuity. So I think about the old, uh, not the new MacGyver series, or the old series of MacGyver. Yeah. Yeah. That was a guy that I always wanted to emulate as a kid. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, who would (laughs) want to be able to take bubblegum and a toothpick and... Whatever else, and turn it into a a bomb or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the principles of not having a gun and still being able to fight your way out of anything. That's right. You know, yeah, it's pretty. And the and the one movie that comes to mind, uh, you talk about the Princess Bride, the uh, Count of Monte Cristo, is uh, you know the um, so he was very patient, right? Yes, Uh, not reactive, so very strategic in his uh, revenge on those who did uh, evil (laughs) to him. And so, and he went about his, um, you know, his, his revenge in, in, in a very interesting way. So you have to watch it. If you've never seen the count of Monte Cristo is really good. Obviously it's based off of a, uh, a book, but the, uh, the movie is fantastic. Um, well, that's one thing I would say about most, um, bad guy mastermind types in movies mm -hmm. is how patient they are. Bingo. Yeah. They don't get a lot of credit for like, you know, as the movie unwinds, you find out they've been planning this for 36 years or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, right. it's like I was watching a movie the other night on Netflix and it was like six years, you know, mm-hmm. planning this. Right. Know, and, and one right. day it all goes wrong. But the six years is worth like noting, like that's impressive. Like, it, yeah. and how do you that's take right. some of those characteristics right. um, of those supervillains? You know, yes, they always lose in the end, but there's something there you can take from even supervillains. So it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be a good guy. It can be, yeah. you know, you, and you know, if we ever talk about, uh, you know, shadow work and kind of your dark mm-hmm. side, like right. all these parts of you that you could pull out that you kind of suppress, you know, right. I, when I think about these supervillains, that's all the bond villains, you know, yes. they've been planning revenge for 20 years. You know, it's <laughs> like one little thing happened 25 years ago. I mean, that's Batman's yeah. story though. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. I mean, this was years and years of training and, you know, building equipment and all this stuff from from when his parents, you know, got killed when he was 10. Like that's, you know, that's, that's, yeah, it's that kind of dedication is, is something. Yeah. It's been his single focus for his whole life. 
right. that you got to admire that even though you know it's a fictional fictional character but yeah you got to admire that from you know but that's the, the point of the book point. you know yep. the alter ego effect mm-hmm. it's like what characteristics can you pull out that you can then be like i'm turning on my batman switch for this situation and, and i think another thing to, to mention about the book is that you could have different alter egos for different parts of your life you can right so if you're a father mm-hmm. you can have an alter ego that's when you step through the door as a father maybe coming home from work or a business trip mm-hmm. you step into a different alter ego than the one you had for the sales Absolutely. Yep. the boardroom because those two probably don't go together so being being able to switch in and out of, so it's kind of like a shapeshifter, you know. What's the uh, the shapeshifters from X Men? You know, you yep. could be. That's that's kind of something you want to be as well. Absolutely. When my kids were younger, I used to take on a different persona than I do with them today because they're old, oh, right? Yeah. And you you can't you know you can't maintain that same persona, right? But uh, I I maintained a intimidating persona when they were younger, and as they kind of you know, grew up and grew older, it's more of a, you know, more of a fun loving, but yet, um, well, now that they know, can the duct tape you to the wall, the mentor, yeah, yeah, it's more of a mentor. Yeah. You know, Cause they're as uh, big as you now. So they can duct tape you to the wall. And <laughs> exactly. You gotta, you gotta tread a little lighter now. <laughs> I, a little bit, but I'm still stronger than both of them. That's right. Um, you got that old man strength. We got in the, we got on the tonal last night. They're like, dad, you can't press. Cause they set it up to a hundred. And uh, on the bench, and they said, "Dad, I, we don't think you can do this because neither one of them can push it." And I'm like, "Go ahead, all right, go ahead and set it." <laughs> so they set it, and I'm like, Psh. "There you go." <laughs> They're like, "Oh, uh, okay." <laughs> yeah, showing my workout from a couple of days ago. I think I did thirty thousand pounds in a session. Nice. I was Very like, cool. I was exhausted, but yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I've been watching you. I've been watching your numbers. So. Dude, I did the, uh, the, the leg killed me this week. I yeah. literally had a hard time the next day walking. So yeah. tonal is legit. Is yeah. legit. Yeah. There's something about the, <laughs> the cables and the eccentric and the, yeah. the different modes. Like yep. you, you're lifting more weight, I think over the, the, the course of the rep mm-hmm. yeah. than you do if you're on freeways or something else for, I mean, it's yeah. something's going on. That's definitely different. I've, I mean, I've read that it's, like 25% heavier than free weights. Well, I've, I told them, you know, they, you know, you max it out at a hundred. Um, and I told them, I said, this is cause, cause I can't keep it steady. You know, I can push it out four or five yeah. times on that, but the whole time I'm, there's a frustration that builds in me because I can't keep that bar. There's a little shakiness there. Yeah. I'm thinking this never happens with free weights. I'm yeah, it's a smooth it's transition, you know, from, yeah. from top to bottom. So, so yeah, there's, there's more resistance, uh, yeah, with there's, the tonal that, there's something going on for sure. So yeah, this segment brought to you by tonal, <laughs> <laughs> you um, can find it over at, uh, tonal. Yeah. they don't have a good enough affiliate program for me to promote them. So <laughs> it's like you get a t-shirt or something. A, they have an awesome product though. It's um, a great product, but yeah, it's just like Peloton. It's like $50 credit at the, at the, at the store for t-shirts and their yeah. t-shirts cost 150 bucks. It's like, yep. Come on, it's not even worth promoting. The, prob- there. The, the problem is now I have family, when family members extend, I'm not talking my family, but extended family members outside of your family yeah. know that you have a tonal. They're like, hey man, um, <laughs> mind if I come by? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
As long as they don't use your account, because then it messes up the algorithm. <laughs> no, they end up set. Yeah, so I've got like fifty accounts on the thing now. You know, it's like people that's cool. That it, there's almost. I mean, there's no limit on the accounts, right. as far as I know. That's right. You set up your own gym right there in the neighborhood. Exactly. But I love it. You five bucks for every tonal session. Well, yeah, I'm putting them up on a payment plan as we speak. So, but no, it's a, uh, the book, um, alter ego effect. I recommend it. Yeah. It's it's a, it's, it's a really good way to, uh, really incorporate your own, you know, um, I guess your own hero effect in your business. So whatever you're doing. And we, we mentioned a number of people, you know, you talked about David Dutton earlier, a friend of Mm -hmm. ours. I told him, I, I gave him some real kudos because he started his own podcast. Yeah. And I don't know if you listened to it, but I listened to, because it was like a five-minute podcast. Yeah. I love that he's doing a five-minute podcast. I'm like, how yeah, do you do David that? Dutton, yeah. <laughs> how does that happen? <laughs> if we could only, you know, if we could only implement that. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, his, you know, I, I gave him some uh, feedback on that. I said, man, it's really good. And here's the thing that I loved about it. And you probably noticed the same thing. You know, he comes from, you know, he's got the hero effect, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. the origin. He yeah. talks about the origin in his podcast, you know, his first podcast that he does. And it's um, the 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 uh, podcast is uh, David Dutton Talks Small Business, I believe is the title. And so he talks about some of the failures, you know, in his business where he, you know, he started a business with a partner. Uh, obviously got sued, uh, IRS, you know, came after him, you know, he had to pay the IRS, you know, a lot of money and, um, and learned how to invest a lot of that money into real estate, but learned some of the hard lessons of making a lot of money because people think, man, I make a lot of money. It's going to be great. Well, there's a lot of headaches that come with making a lot of money, you know, more money, more problems, (laughs) more money, more problems. Right. So he talks about that. And I told him, I said, you know what, you know what I enjoyed most about your podcast is that the, you presented the hero, but you presented that, uh, the, the flawed hero. And that's what you want to do. Like yeah. a guy that has problems, you know, and he's, he, you know, David is open and honest with people about, uh, you know, some of the mistakes he's made and some of the issues that he has in business and, yep. and so that's why, you know, he's completely transparent. And I think that's a good lesson for anybody out there is don't try to be, don't try to be Superman, which Superman is my least favorite, uh, comic, you know, or superhero, DC superhero. Yeah. He's too, way too perfect. He's got, he's flawless, you know, and uh, people admire the guy that has issues and has problems. The Spider-Man or the Batman, you know, has, yeah. Iron Man that always has, uh, issues that they have to deal with outside of their hero status. Yeah. By the way, did you know when I was doing my research, Tom Cruise was the original pick for Iron Man? I could, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. reading that. Yep. And he turned it down. Turned it down. Whew. Man, too bad for him, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. He, he says he's still cool with it, but I mean, what are you going to say after turning that down? I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know that he could have pulled it off as well as Robert Downey. I don't Jr. think he would have wanted to continue that franchise the way they have. Yeah. So and I think that he, was his. He said yeah. that's the reason he turned it down was right. he could see that it wasn't his type of film. Right. You know? He's not into the, uh, you know, yeah. the, the whole comic book series. Um, yeah. I mean, he did the one, what was the one he did with the, the aliens, the, the tomorrow and the recap? It was Groundhog Day, but sci-fi. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to remember. That's that probably one. as much CGI as he'll ever do because yeah. I'm sure that yeah. had tons in it. But you know, yep, yeah. that was a uh, It's not day after tomorrow because that was the weather thing. But um, it's one of those uh, something tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. I just can't remember the title. Yeah, yeah. And then the one about the uh, he says some really interesting movies. You know, I think one of my all time favorites is Jerry Few Good Men. Nope. <laughs> A few no, good that's a good is awesome. one. That's a good one. Jerry Maguire yeah. is is up there, but A Few Good Men is all time favorite. Uh, probably followed by Valkyrie and yeah, oh, wow. probably Jerry Maguire. Yeah, A Few Good Men is awesome. I still watch that when I scroll past it. Like that's, that's one of those where the acting is so good, you could watch it several times. You could literally watch it, and then yeah. you could you could stop it at the very end, and then go back to the beginning and watch it again without any problem, just because yeah. the acting is so good. Yeah. There's so many great lines in it. I mean, yep. it's just, you know, it's yep. good stuff. Tamara said something the other day and I went off on like, cause it reminded me of a couple, like a scene when he was looking yep. for his bat. Like, where's my bat? I think better oh, yeah. than, don't ever mess with my bat. <laughs> I was just cleaning up. Don't mess with my bat. Don't mess with my bat. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Really it does, was, he really does think better with his bat. It does. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, that came on AMC the other, I think it was yeah. last week sometime last week. And I caught myself just sitting there you know, staying up till, uh, you know, past midnight, just watching yeah. it. Cause that was sucked in. I've watched that thing 50,000 times, but and on AMC, man, once you get to the, the last half, you got to sit through. Oh, endless I know. Commercials. Cause they endless commercials. They, they hook you with like 30 minutes without commercials <laughs> in the front. And then the yep. further along it gets, the more commercials they extend are. them out. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So it's like, a, it's like a mortgage where they, they, uh, you know, it's front loaded. <laughs> yeah. So they, they backloaded all this stuff, but yeah, this is good stuff. So um, if you like kind of the idea of the alter ego effect, get the book because it goes into a lot more like detail and exercises mm -hmm. and yeah. really kind of peels back the philosophy and, and what's going on and gets into some really deep psychology. It's not just picking a yeah. character. There's a lot kind of that goes behind it. You could, you could just not read the book and just pick somebody that that would work too. Right. But if you're the type that likes to know why and how and that kind of stuff, this is a great book for that. I think you, I think people that read this would be really surprised to know that like the amount of celebrities, yeah, that use and this. athletes out there that use this, yeah, to get themselves kind of in the zone, yeah. right? I mean, you know, so it's it's amazing once you once you read it. You know, I mentioned Bo Jackson, but athletes do this all the time to get themselves in the zone yep. and this like focused, hyper focused. Yeah, athletes, so, singers, yep. you know, anybody that performs in front of people, which we all do to some extent, mm -hmm. which is kind of right. one of his points is like, we're all on a stage or a field of play somewhere. Yep. You know, exactly. And, and you all, we all have what he calls our moments of impact where mm -hmm. yep. we have the opportunity to show up. The question is, will we? That's right. And That's right. sometimes you need a little extra help psychologically to, to yep. step up when you may not normally do it yourself. One of my favorite characters, you know, we talk, if you, if we go into biblical times, Old Testament, one of my favorite characters was Samson, mm -hmm. a very flawed human yeah. being by every, by every account, you know, really had some problems, but yeah. you know, guy was, you know, those moments where, you know, the spirit comes upon him and he's yeah. just like, you know, he wipes out an entire army With and a donkey jawbone. Yeah. <laughs> Jawbone of a donkey. That's, pr that's pretty, that's savage. Yes. Yeah. You know, you yeah, mine, see, my old Testament guy would be, um, Elijah. Oh yeah. That's a good it's, one. 
because yeah. he's he was like he was half crazy, half creative. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. some of the stuff, the illustrations he did to make his points, you know, yep. were just incra- were crazy. Um, you know, and so that's that's my favorite of the Old Testament prophets is Elijah. Like I've that's literally thought about getting. There's a tattoo I want, the Valley of Dry Bones. Oh, uh, yeah. That would be a, a cool tattoo. It would be. Uh, so, but yeah, that's, yeah, there's there's so many places to pull these from. And these and are it, strong people, but they they all have their, idio, you know, idiosyncrasies, yeah. flaws to them, but they're very strong people. Yeah. Know? And that's what, I think that's what we admire about them. You know, yeah. ultimately, I mean, is that you we don't admire want, the strength, but we admire the fact that they're strong, but yet they have weaknesses. Yeah, you don't want Captain Marvel. No, right? <laughs> Captain Marvel was a letdown because she was just perfect. Like <laughs> too much. Yeah, too much. Like when they bring her back, if they ever do, I don't know what's going <laughs> on with that, but the, they're going to have to bring her down a notch or two. Right. Yeah. It's just it was so. just like, wow, this is the most powerful person <laughs> in the universe, and she just like wipes yeah. everybody out. Just snap like nice okay right yeah i mean she must not be too awesome because now she's doing nissan commercials so I don't know <laughs> exactly yeah so. yeah I, I feel like you could do a little bit better than nissan yeah i mean captain marvel come on i don't know so all right well i'll cool. wrap it up before we go down another tangent all right yeah it's been fun uh to all of our listeners you can find us over at persuasion by the pint.com to all of our uh, listeners, you can uh, check us out over at the uh, Facebook, our Facebook group, Facebook page, uh, persuade or Facebook.com forward slash Persuasion by the Pint. Check us out, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, you name it, we're there. So, so it's good. It's good. see you all next week and uh, have a great weekend.